Hi, I'm Jim Hornthal. I'm the chairman and co-founder of Launchpad Central, and I'm here at K-Start's offices in Bangalore to chat a little bit about agile innovation. So what is agile innovation? For people who are listening, you may be familiar with uh, agile software development. And one of the things that makes agile software development work is there's often a daily scrum, a stand-up, with a lot of peer pressure and peer support, hopefully some management supervision. And if you're successful, you've prioritized your tasks, you've written your code, every two weeks you'll have a release of product. And it's important that there's a commitment to those daily reports because it's one way of staying on track. But something we call agile sales development. For people who are familiar with salesforce.com, it's a similar approach. You use salesforce.com every week you have a pipeline call. There's peer pressure, peer support, management supervision. And why do you have weekly calls? So you can make monthly targets, quarterly quotas, and annual numbers. Most people use Jira to keep track of what's going on in software, Salesforce, and sales. We think there's a similar need in, in innovation and the idea of being able to be rapid, speedy, frugal, effective in your innovation portfolio. Whether you're a startup and your portfolio is one company, whether you're an accelerator or an incubator or a venture fund or, frankly, an enterprise, how do you go about the task of filtering as many interesting-sounding ideas as you can so you can find, filter, and fund the ones that have the most upside? There's a way to phrase this that our co- one of our co-founders, Steve Blank, refers to as innovation at 50x, looking at 10 times the ideas and one-fifth the time. And what it requires is the ability to articulate a true business model. And to do that, we use Alexander Osterwalder's business model canvas as a way of tracking the different assumptions and hypotheses. We are religious advocates and zealots about getting out of the building, talking to customers, something Steve Wine calls customer discovery. And then having the ability to prototype quickly, rapidly prototype, whether it's in software or hardware or visualizations and pictures, what it is you're talking about. Because the one thing we know is that no startup ever succeeds at its first plan. It's about getting to plan B or plan C or plan D and being able to be resilient and adaptive in the face of evidence. For the last 50 years, we've lived in a world of faith-based innovation, faith-based investing. All the slide decks look the same. I have a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. I have a smart, passionate management team. Um, I have a five-year decimal accurate forecast, which is hysterical, but it's necessary for some. And you have money, you're a smart investor, what could possibly go wrong? And the answer is almost everything. And that's why such a small percentage of venture investments actually succeed, in part because you're betting on ideas that lack the evidence that's available if you go out and look for it. And the evidence that you're looking for is that of a product market fit. What is the real value proposition you're offering? What is the pain you're addressing? What is the gain you're creating? What's the job to get done? And a customer segment against that value proposition. And a lot of people mistake what a customer segment is. I will tell anyone listening right now that millennials is not a customer segment. It's just an age. Because today, a 19-year-old male fraternity college student who gets drunk too often and goes to school too little is a millennial, as is a 25-year-old married young professional with two children. They have nothing in common, except they happen to have been born within seven years of each other. So it's important when you think about a customer segment 
to be able to articulate it with enough precision that it's something you might actually be able to reach. And what is the pain that you're addressing? Is it a nice to have or a have to have? Because you can waste a lot of time creating businesses that address things that are nice to have. They tend to not scale as well. And the unmet needs are where you really have an opportunity if you can understand them, adapt to them, and be resilient and effective and quick. If you take with a grain of salt the fact that no business succeeds on its first initiative, how do you allocate scarce resources in a startup to give yourself more than one swing at the ball? How do you understand what you're experimenting with? So for anyone who's ever taken a course in biology or chemistry or physics, um, the scientific method is well known. I have a hypothesis. I believe this to be true. I'm going to run an experiment, usually with test tubes and Bunsen burners. I'm going to look at the results of that experiment. And I'm going to make some assumptions now about whether my hypothesis was right or wrong. I think there's lead in the water. I'm going to get a lead testing kit. I will run it against my water and I can find that there's lead. So it doesn't mean it's bad. The next is a quantitative test. How much lead? If the test comes back, it's one part per trillion. You can drink the water. Well, instead of Bunsen burners, beakers, and test tubes, we apply the same methodology to markets and products and customers. And you do that by getting out of the building. I believe my market is young urban professionals, single, commuting to work in public transportation that are 25 to 34 years old. I have something that I think will solve a pain. Show them what it is, get out of the building, talk to them. You might find out that it's not. You have to be willing to hear that it's not, but understand what else might be important. The word pivot is popular these days. Uh, it came through the work that Steve Blank has been doing and others in, in the lean startup world. We used to call those near-death experiences. They sound better when you call them pivots. Uh, what it means is you're not right, and you want to find some way that you might be right. And in order to be able to adhere to the wisdom of change, you have to find authentic signals and be able to interpret them. So the discipline of a business model, and a lot of people use the word business model very casually, there's a strict definition of what a business model is. And it's important that you understand a startup is a temporary organization designed to find a repeatable scalable business model. Anyone that tells you your startup has to have a five-year business plan and forecast doesn't understand what a startup is. A startup should understand the burn rate to the dollar, the unit cost to the penny, and the experiments they're going to run to see if there is a product market fit. Because without a product market fit, nothing else matters. And the opportunity for an entrepreneur, for he or she to think about their opportunities and challenges, is to frame those experiments accurately. So one of the things that Steve Blank has generously given to the world is a series of lectures that are free on a website called udacity.com, U-D-A-C-I-T-Y.com. And it's how to build a startup. And it's nine lectures. Uh, over 400,000 people, I believe, last count have watched them. And it's a step-by-step -step walk through the business model canvas in the process of agile innovation. The lectures are supported by a couple of books. Alexander Osterwalder's book, Business Model Generation. And Steve Blank and Bob Dorff's book, The Startup Owner's Manual. And those are almost free, but very inexpensive books. So anyone serious about building a startup or accelerating innovation with a large company or an, or an accelerator would be well served by adopting the vocabulary of what those words mean. Business model, what is a value proposition? What are customer relationships, which is how do you get key member of customers? What are partners, key resources, key activities? And holistically, I stopped reading business plans about five years ago and Berkeley where I teach uh, doesn't do the business plan competition anymore. 
you know, my personal belief is that business plans should be taught in the English department under creative writing and fiction. And they're hysterical when you look at it that way. But as a practical matter, a business model invites really healthy, useful, productive conversations. My market segment is young mothers. What evidence do you have to support that? Well, not a lot. And evidence is not market research. Market researchers cannot predict the future. If they could, they'd be hedge fund managers and they'd be worth billions. Steve likes to say that market research is famous at predicting the past. But when you have an instinct or an opportunity or an idea, you think you're a visionary, you'd be much better served to bring evidence to the table. And so we usually find it takes 100 to 200 interviews. Interviews are face-to-face with customers, and they're not pitches. You're not selling. You're trying to ascertain, is there a pain that they're currently experiencing that you can address? And is it a pain significant enough that they're willing to pay for? Or give you enough, and they can pay with money, they can pay with time. Google, when I use it, I'm paying them with my time and attention. They have a multi-sided market where advertisers are willing to pay for that attention. A lot of markets are multi-sided, and those are words that many may not understand, but again, go to Steve's lectures, look at the book. They're there, that's part of the vocabulary of innovation. But if the goal is to find, filter, and fund the best opportunities, either within a large company or within a venture fund or within your own startup where many ideas are on the table, there is a structured way that you can use today that can move you from the world of faith-based entrepreneurship to the world of evidence-based entrepreneurship. And if you can, then you'll have a more interesting conversation with potential investors and customers and potentially people that want to join your enterprise as it goes to change the world.